How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back. Uh, today, I have something a, a little bit different for you. Uh, today's show is what we're going to be calling the TGO Roundtable. Uh, for now, this is just going to be like a, a one-off project. We've never done it before. I don't necessarily have plans to do it again, but uh, it's a fun little thing because really, it's just an excuse for me and three friends to talk about a video game called Hades. Uh, now, as always for these podcasts, I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Kato Sepp. Hello, Kato. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Happy to have you here. Uh, and this time around, I'm also joined by two more people, uh, and I brought them on because they also love Hades, and that's, you know, why we're all here. Uh, and definitely they have some unique perspectives as well that Kato and I probably can't bring for you. Uh, so you're likely going to recognize them if you are in the Discord server. Uh, and first of all, I want to introduce someone who's been with TGO since the very beginning. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, and we're also joined by someone who's been in the TGO community for a, a very long time. Uh, you've almost certainly seen them if, if you've been in the Discord server. Uh, artist extraordinaire Crimson. Hello, Crimson. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, so, yeah, folks, like I said, this is, this is really just an excuse for, for the three of us to, to gush about a game that is just extremely good. And uh, maybe by the end of it, we'll convince you to play it yourself as well. Uh, first thing I wanted to do here is just kind of go through one by one and give a little brief as to, you know, our experience with Supergiant and it, like in, in the past games that they've had, and also why we chose to purchase Hades and play Hades over the many other games that we could have chosen from and, you know, why why this one out of everything, right? The the video game industry is, is full of games these days. Uh, so why don't we just start with Kato? What's, what's, your, what's your brief history of, of Supergiant and whatnot? Yeah, so I remember Bastion really well. Uh, I've played all of the Supergiant games, but Bastion was one of the first games that really got me interested in indie games specifically. Uh, it made me start looking at that as maybe something I'd prefer over a lot of AAA experiences. Uh, I finished Transistor and I've played some of Pyre. I actually loved Pyre the most of the lot, but I didn't finish it. I don't honestly remember why I need to go back to it. Um I should say of the first three, I loved it the most, but uh, Hades has been my favorite so far. And I got it because having a narrative in a roguelike sounds amazing. And as <laughs> soon as I heard about that and it got its 1.0 release, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely on board. Yeah, we'll definitely probably touch on the early access at some point. Uh, ben, why don't you fill us in? Sure. This is actually uh, my first Supergiant game. Oh. I haven't played any of the others, um, but now I feel like I need to. <laughs> um, I was introduced to it by a couple friends. I watched one of my friends play it on... Uh, they streamed it on Discord for me. Uh, and I was really intrigued by the, the boon system, where you would customize each run <clears throat> by having... Uh, boons from various gods and i'm a complete and total greek mythology nerd so it just it hit a lot of boxes for me i don't usually play roguelikes they're not usually my speed but uh this one just yeah ticked a lot of different boxes and so i decided to give it a try and i do not regret it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we can all agree with that uh, crimson you want to fill us in yeah, so I'm somewhere in between in those two like approaches to to supergen history because I played a little bit of Bastion and I played a little bit of Transistor and while they're absolutely beautiful uh, like all Supergiant games are just something about the gameplay didn't grip me very hard just you know I didn't didn't like catch me to like continue and get into the story so when I first saw Hades I thought it's going to be the same like it's beautiful like I also love Greek mythology but I 
didn't have the incentive to get into it immediately but then my my partner was keep kept just telling me about it and telling me about mm -hmm. it and at some point he mentioned that it's actually a roguelike which i didn't know like somehow that tiny little detail escaped me and at this point i was like okay now i have to buy it because i love roguelike they are very very fun to play uh for me and that's that's how it happened Oh, there you go. Yeah, I had a very similar experience to that. I, I've played Bastion. It was interesting because with, with a lot of, you know, the Supergiant games, at least Bastion and Transistor, they're a little bit older, right? They're the early 2010s. And at that point, I was in early high school, middle school, something like that. I know you, all of you have 10 years on me. Um, so, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was necessarily playing uh, a lot of indie games uh, at that point. And so, you know, I, I had to do a lot of backwards playing. And uh, Bastion, I played it and it was fun, but I was like, yeah, it's okay. Like, I, I didn't it didn't hook me in the way that Hades has. Same with Transistor. I haven't played Pyre yet. It's on the backlog. Um, I'll get there eventually. But certainly, I think, you know, now that I've played Hades, it's almost like I, now that it's clicked for me, I actually want to go back and try those games again now that I kind of, you know, get the feel. Is that something that resonates? Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like I, mm -hmm. I have my I have Pyre on my on my list, and I I even have a friend who cosplays some of the, one of the characters. Oh, that's super and, cool. Yeah, and because of that, I'm like okay, and because I heard good things about the gameplay that is kind of unique and not just your you know action uh, action sort of RPG game, I really mm -hmm. want to try it. Yeah, and that and similarly, that's that's also why I picked it up. I mean, everybody knows I, I play a lot of roguelike, so I had my eye on it for a while. But the only reason I didn't pick it up was because it was an early access, right? Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people can understand that one. But anyway, it's out now. It's great. Uh, and I okay, so I, I, let's just throw this out there. Um, I would imagine that there's probably one or two things about this game that's really keeping you around when it comes to Hades, right? Like, the reason why I love this game so much is because I've played a lot of roguelikes, and this one does, like, game variety extremely, extremely well, right? The boon system, the different aspects of the weapons, how many different weapons there are, how all of those things interact. That's why I'm still playing. Um, but I imagine it's probably slightly different for all of you. Um, I don't know if maybe this is the one for you, Ben, but I know that you have a, a pretty uh, interesting history with with the Greek mythology. Uh, you're on you have a YouTube channel where you're playing Hades and explaining the Greek mythology as you play it. And I thought that's a really interesting concept. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. The um, the design from just from kind of every standpoint with the art, the the writing, the music, and they have the mythology just weaved into every aspect of the game, which I, I just love the, the, you can tell how much research went into it. Um, and the, the places where they did take artistic license, I thought were very, uh, carefully chosen. Um, yeah, I, I, I went to school for theater. I know, um, you're doing that too, Adrian. And, uh, I went into kind of like a more history, uh, stream when I was in university, and so I spent a lot of time reading Greek plays and getting uh, involved, uh, getting immersed into the myths and stuff. <clears throat> and so for me, um, actually, I saw some comments when the game came out of people being like, "Oh, yeah, another game set in ancient Greece and Greek mythology and stuff." That like, why are people praising this? That's nothing new. And for me, it's not about the fact that Greek mythology has been kind of done to death in video games in general, it's that, in my opinion, this is the finest interpretation of it. And everything that they've done, just from the little design elements to little comments that characters make, um, just fascinates me. Like, 
each Olympian god has their own little version of the um, the olive branch laurels, uh, which I thought is really neat. Those are associated with Apollo. And um, one of my favorite just like little, little things uh, is that there's a comment that Dionysus makes where he's like, I feel like you and I are one of the same, Zag. And uh, there's actually one interpretation from one weird sect of Greek mythology that say that Zagreus and Dionysus are actually the same god. And <laughs> so it's like a little comment like that. I'm like, ooh, that's so cool. So anyway. <laughs> Get those deep cuts in there. Yeah. Dan, I'm learning things. And I was a Greek <laughs> mythology whiz in my childhood. I thought I knew plenty of things. <laughs> I thought I was too, but I actually didn't even know Zagreus was an actual thing in Greek mythology. So obviously <laughs> I am way behind everybody else. <laughs> That's like, I actually, in one of my videos, I comment on that. It was a really smart choice for them to choose Zagreus because there's not a whole lot of information about him. He's not mentioned very much. And the mentions in Greek mythology that uh, he has are conflicted. So as in terms of artistic license, they can do whatever they want with him. And it's not necessarily wrong. Well, I feel nice. a lot better then. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's definitely a really cool aspect of Hades, I think, because, you know, a, a narrative-driven roguelike is something that has been tried before, right? We've seen it with Children of Morta, and I'm sure there's other examples. But this is a game, and, and the thing that I love about it being a Greek mythology thing is that these these mythological stories are so dramatic and large and very focused on the story, right? These very, it's like you would see in our in our typical media today, right? It's reflected in something that was created thousands of years ago. And so to use that as the backdrop for a game that you're supposed to play over and over again, it's an interesting challenge for, for the developers, but then also it's like extremely effective. And one of the things I think that they nail about mythology in general is that the Greek pantheon, yes, they were gods, but the Greeks loved to make their deities like painfully human and so a lot of the stories are like um you know zeus is fighting with one of his siblings and so a lot of mortals are in trouble just because like zeus and his siblings don't like each other and so they're like it's there's all sorts of bickering and they represent that super well in the mechanics with like the the duo uh, ability system where like at one point you'll say you'll click on a god to get a boon and like another one will come in and start and start arguing with them and then you get a duo boon it's like it's so cool um and that's i think that's what makes all of the ancient greek stories so so interesting and and resonate so much to this very day is like the ancient greeks didn't necessarily present their gods as perfect people a lot of them were kind of mean and cruel and uh, they suffered from very human um, personality quirks, and they represent that super well, I think. Yeah. And pettiness comes clear so, yeah. so hard, especially mm -hmm. when you have the the rooms where there's two different gods with boons in the <laughs> oh, same yeah. room, oh, and you pick one and the other one just gets really mad about it, and then they just get over it a couple of minutes, like a couple seconds later. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that pettiness is something that I've latched onto really well. Like, I love the it. Game. The, yeah, that's the energy is nice. <laughs> that, that's another thing that's like 
each character I found also has their own arcs, right? Like you're talking about these very human experiences and it's like, you can identify pretty much every person in there and they're going to have a story over the course of the, you know, 10 runs it takes to complete the main story, but also the, you know, hypothetically the 50 to 100 runs that you're going to play. I imagine that there's other things that are going to play out there. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Crimson, do you want to tell us about uh, the thing that is kind of keeping you around with this game and, and why you're why you're hooked on it, I guess? Uh, I mean, one of it, one of the reasons is what uh, what was mentioned like before, like all of those characters that are so relatable and they are so fleshed out, like they are imperfect. They they bicker and they they talk with each other, and I just and I just want to hear from them over and over again. Like no matter which how many runs, I just always excited to like, oh, I I want to I want to have a dialogue with this with this with this. Dude. Except Hyptos, he can um, he can die in a ditch for <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, that's the one of the reasons. And the other is, I mean, it's it has to be art. Like this game is just so beautiful that when you have this little between each part of the game, there is this one room that is just you know nothing in it, and it's kind of like an introduction. That so so many times I just go there and just like stand there. And it's like God, every every little detail is just so well thought out, and and just I can look at it for 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 hours. Like and the the sprites of the gods, like every time they they happen, I just look at them and just get into every little detail of of their design, and I love it. It just keeps me keeps keeps me coming back. Just those characters. That's and the that's the right, renovation sorry. system of just like getting to upgrade the art of the the great hall and stuff is mm -hmm. really neat. Yeah, for yeah. those who haven't played, there's this overarching resource system like many roguelikes where you're kind of upgrading things as you go along, and one of those things is just a, a cosmetics thing where you're you're going through the great hall and and uh, changing how things look. Um, yeah, that's yeah. one of the re that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, Crimson, because you are an artist, right? And and you uh, do some some really phenomenal work. I'm seeing you on Twitter all the time posting. And um, <laughs> and that, this is also one of the things that really fascinated me about the game because I found out about Hades through the No Clip documentaries. I, I forgot to mention this in my opening spiel. Um, there's a there's a YouTube channel called No Clip. They they do documentaries on video games, and they've been documenting the process for Supergiant to make Hades over the past many months. And um, one of you know they do interviews with people, and they were talking about many of these characters that are created and how they represent them. And how, you know, gods can look so differently in so many different interpretations. And the, the, the way that they've done that in this game, I, I was just always fascinated with the kind of insight on how they've done that. Yeah, just it's just so, so good. And the designs are so smart. I, I make you know, I talk about it a little later because I that's 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 a topic. It's <laughs> a whole whole lot of topic. Uh, Kato, what's uh, what's your what's your big thing on this game? Seeing that uh, the narrative, it, it's it's really the narrative for me that's keeping me coming back. Uh, although there are so many other aspects, little small game design aspects that are are just incredible. The upgrade loop is so addicting. I've I always feel like there's multiple things every single run that I'm going through that I'm trying to do. You know, I want to upgrade the uh, the keepsakes that I've got. You know, I keep switching to different keepsakes in order to upgrade them. And the way the darkness system encourages you to uh, use different weapons and go through it in different ways. And then just the boons that I, I don't know how finely crafted the statistics are, or the percentages are for the boons, but I feel like every single run I'm getting just wildly different builds and they all work so, so, so well. Um, it's so rare for me to ever feel like I just had a dud run, um, you know, where I just got some bad boons and, and, you know, through the runaway and most roguelikes, I, I will feel that 
fairly often. Um, you know, like Binding of Isaac, I love Binding of Isaac, but there are often times where I'd feel like, ah, oh, that was just a just a bad run. I, I don't think I've felt that way once with Hades. I think every single time I've done badly, it's it's always felt like I just, you know, didn't adjust quickly enough. Um, and I, I think that's fascinating and, and well done. But the the narrative, I think, is the one thing um, that keeps me coming back. You know, with with old games, or at least maybe this was just me, but with old games, I used to get so excited about every little piece of dialogue, no matter how irrelevant or stupid it was. If a an arcade style game had a different like congratulations word at the end of a run, I would just play it over and over again to see every new screen, right. um, no matter how dumb it was. And I haven't felt that in a really long time until this game where I'm like every single time I get to a region, I will go up and, you know, there's a certain spot in the first floor or the first room where you can go and it will show you like a screenshot of the uh, of the area you're about to go into. And usually Zagreus will say something about it. I do that every single time with every single region. Well, just the narrator is so good that. too. So just to to hear yeah. what he has to say next is like, yeah. oh yes. Normally, I would just like, okay, old man, you ramble, whatever. But every time <laughs> after it, Zagreus like gets some sass into that, and I just for that, I mean, I have to go f- keep finding those little shiny spots that activate mm-hmm. the narrator. I just have to. Just, yeah. It's I don't know if that's a, a part of it later on. I, I haven't gotten there if it is, but uh, I, I also really just want to know who the narrator is supposed to be because Zagreus <laughs> keeps talking back to him. Right. I'm like, who yeah. is this person that he's talking to? Uh, I'm yeah. really hoping the narrator winds up being like a secret boss, even if it's not in the game now. I hope it's like a DLC or something. I I would love that. <laughs> also, you said that you never had a dad run. I had one. I had one run when I actually just stood in the lava and died because I just didn't want to go further. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got I got one upgrade for the rail that was just like, you know, turns into a shotgun, like a, like a short burst mm. shotgun. And it like just completely didn't mesh with the rest of my boons. I was like, no, I'm I no. That's just wasting mm. time at this point. I'm not having because I'm not having fun, not because I'm not going to win, but because just playing with this set of boons is not fun. So That's I just like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. goodbye. That's fair. There are a couple weapon ones. I got one. Um, I was in the last area and there's an anvil upgrade where it'll re- remove one of your weapon boons and then give you two random ones. And I was using the bow <sighs> yeah. and it it removed one of my, I, I don't even remember what the boon was that it gave me, but it, it removed one of my really important weapon boons and gave me one that totally changed how the bow functioned. Same kind of deal as the shotgun. And it was like, oh, good. This is right before the last boss. And it just completely <laughs> oh, changed no. my entire strategy. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I, I think I wound up losing on the last boss. I did keep going with it, but that's fair. That's the closest I've come to it is the weapon boons. Yeah, let, let's touch on that for a second, because, you know, something like The Binding of Isaac, I don't know how much of the game that you guys have played, but th- this is this, this is the game I've played the most. And um, it is definitely like you could just get one item at the very beginning and you're going to blast your way through, an, an, you know, a whole hour of a run uh, with basically no challenge. Or you could be on the, like, you know, barely surviving with your head above water the entire run. It feels like Hades is a, is a game that is always kind of teasing you with a little bit extra, and then that, that just keeps you going through the whole run, and it, it feels always very balanced, where if you screw up or you die, it doesn't feel like it was out of your hands or unfair, or you just got the wrong thing, usually, I, I would say, for the most part, it's really well balanced. Yeah, 
Absolutely, unless it changes your gun into a shotgun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the the interesting thing about it is it's not necessarily there are no like bad options. It's just there's a bad option in context with all the other stuff you've already got. Um, and so the more the further you get into the run, the 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 more the higher I guess the chances that you might get like one dud boon where you say hi to Aphrodite and. I, I don't I don't like any of her boons except for she has one where it's just Ooh. like a damage reduction. Some of hers um, get really good later. Just do saying. they really? If you, if you keep piling on Aphrodite runes or boons, yeah. I had a couple of gods that are like I don't like any of them boons, but at some point I started watching streams of people that play, and mm -hmm. I saw like the way they like pair the boons or they're using it. I was like, okay, I was wrong. I stand corrected. So this this is also pretty pretty fun that you think you don't like something and then someone else show you how to use it or how to pair it and it's like oh my god this uh, this is a totally new information I, I have to try it now yeah one hundred percent like one of my favorite combinations right now is Artemis and Athena uh, and um, uh, oh my gosh he's gone. <laughs> He's Ares. gone. Who are we looking for? Ares. Yeah. Ares. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, I know so much about Greek mythology. Um, but yeah, I think I love that aspect to it where it's you just haven't learned how to combine that deity with the other boons yet. Uh, because I, I think that even though I'm I'm don't personally like Aphrodite, like I'm sure there yeah, I'm sure there are some ways to to use her that I haven't considered. So that's that's a that's a really good point to bring up. I had a run just yesterday where I got um one of Aphrodite's well the so her main thing is weakness, right? When you hit hit enemies, they become weaker and do less damage to you for a short period of time. Uh I wound up getting one of her other boons that increases the time frame of that where mm -hmm. it added like 10 seconds to how long they were weakened. It was a significant significant amount of time. And I got that near the end of the run so that I had that for the last boss, which if you can reduce his damage for like 14 seconds, uh, that is that was incredible. It was game changing for me. And, um, you know, I mean, that that last boss hits like a truck and being able to reduce that is very, very helpful. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. And that's another good point is that if you kind of stick with one or if you're able to stick with one or two gods who, you know, you constantly come back to the, the things that you get actually end up evolving over time and will be oh, more yeah. effective. Whereas if you kind of spread it out and go in many different ways, you get other advantages like the duo boons that you were mentioning before or just having a greater variety and, and more tools in your toolbox. And that's another point, I think, in the sense of like this game is quite balanced where you can kind of just do what you want and what you're interested in and you're going to be rewarded for it. And yeah, there's um, you can even you can in your the parts of the build you can control back in uh, the House of the Dead, you can kind of decide which way you want to go because there's one uh, darkness uh, advantage. Uh, one of the things you purchase from the mirror where it's like you get increased damage the m based on how many boon different kinds of boons you have from different deities so you can build toward i just want to get like one of everything or you can be awesome and combine um uh dionysus and uh demeter uh and just go all out on those two because those two are fantastic 
Oh, chill effects get so good later. They get so yeah. good. And when you combine it with Dionysus's cast, it's so good. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love I mentioned ahead. the game design earlier too, like so many little things with the game design. One of the other things I've loved about it is the prophecy system, which just so strongly encourages you to use new things. Um, and I, I absolutely do that where at any time there is a prophecy related boon in my my options list i will always pick that even if it doesn't seem like something that's going to be good for me and nine times out of ten it's actually worked out really really well um and i had a run recently too where i got zeus's ability where when you dash it it shoots a lightning strike down and the damage is really low so i was thinking like oh this is a dumb boon like this isn't going to help me at all and later in the run i wound up getting Zeus's ability to jolt, which whenever anyone is hit with lightning, uh, they take damage if they try to move or attack or do something. Um, and getting several of those upgrades. So my dash became extremely, extremely powerful um, because it would just shock them over and over again, causing this jolt damage that would add up to, uh, you know, 100 at least. Um, and I wound up beating the the third floor boss. Uh, can I, can I say the name of the third floor boss? Is that spoilery? Is that too spoilery? Yeah, just uh, go for it. Yeah, Theseus. Listen, your ears. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely hate Theseus. He is my, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but I wound up beating him by literally just dashing around him over and over and over <laughs> again. And he couldn't do anything about that. Nice. <laughs> and just jolting over and over again. So like if the property system wound up giving me a build I never would have thought of otherwise. Yeah. But that's, that's always a hard thing to choose when there's that one thing you need for the achievement, for the big mm -hmm. reward, for the prophecies, and the other thing that you really wanted, and you really know yeah. that this is going to be so good. It's like, oh, what do I do? Yeah, it's, I've uh, had that a couple times where it's like, oh, there's an epic boon here, but there's also a prophecy boon. <laughs> Damn it. Mm -hmm. Just for people listening who don't know, a prophecy is like there, there's so much in this game to possibly see, so many different boons, so many different upgrades and whatnot that the game actually gives you a system to track what you have and have not already collected. And so you could be in the middle of the run where you got like this perfect thing, but then there's also something else that you could get that you haven't seen before, and you might want to pick it up for the achievement or whatnot. So that's what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to to what you were saying about the dashing, like I think that's another really cool thing about the game in terms of in terms of variety because it's not just that there's so many different things that they hand you but depending on the things that you select different things are going to be important in different runs right like you could have the exact same setup where you have this bow with these gods with the with this setup whatever it is but then depending on the things that you choose on that run you're using totally different buttons on your controller uh to right. to actually play through yeah, yeah, there are runs when I just fully don't use my attack because my, my other abilities are so great and there are others that just like attack, 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 nothing else, which is just fantastic. Yeah, based on weapons, boons, anything. Yeah, I used the bow for a really long time when I was trying to clear Love it the, the first time. I, I pretty much exclusively used it. And yeah, no run was identical to any other. They were the all bow was different. my least favorite weapon. And Same. then I like just got into the groove with it and... Uh, because it does that thing, the game does that thing where it encourages you to use even the weapons you don't like by saying, hey, you're going to get a bonus to your uh, darkness rewards by using this. So I was like, fine, I'll use the freaking bow. <laughs> and it was a great run. I think it was like an Artemis run. And I just loaded up the, um, the crit boons. And... Yeah. I just started doing absurd amounts of damage. And I was like, oh, the bow is good. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ares, uh, his ability to add doom damage to the special oh, yes. on the bow, because the special for the bow just has spread everywhere. And if you can do the, the doom damage, which after about a second will hit them for at least 100 damage base. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. I love, I love to use the special with um, Artemis. You throw crit on that. And then if you can find her again, there's a boon she has where um, it's like when you crit an enemy, other enemies around them receive an increased chance for you to crit them with any damage. Hunter's Mark, right? You throw that on the spread <laughs> and it's just absurd. You're what? just you're using critical strike on everything. Let's uh let's go around and just say what's our favorite weapon and uh overall and favorite god overall. Uh I'll I'll just start. So uh, probably my favorite weapon is the the fists which are which you unlock. I think in general out of all the weapons I like the ones that just go faster and maybe that's just my impatience but I I don't like sitting there charging up the weapons like the bow and the spear and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I I would probably go with the fists. And then also like I don't know, I like Demeter, I think. I think she's probably my favorite. Uh Ben, why don't you go? Um, that's interesting. The fists are one of my least favorite right now. I don't know what it is about them. I think I just haven't worked out how to not take a ton of damage while I'm using the fists. Um, so maybe I just need to get better at them, but I don't like them. My favorite two are the bow and the spear, and it's really hard to pick between them. Um, and then my favorite god, probably, uh, the same as you, probably Demeter or Demeter or however you say it. Um, <laughs> Just from, and it's not even from a purely mechanics standpoint. It's about like the design and the theming and the voice acting and just everything about her is fantastic. So, yeah, the uh, way that she completely subverts like the way you think about uh, Demeter in Greek mythology. I just absolutely love it. It's not like anti mythology, but it's a uh, very different. At least it's, to me, I okay, I have a finish the thing but Please. yeah that's um it makes it makes a ton of sense and i need to explain why the nerd I, the nerd out approaches yes i i do want to hear this um yeah really quick i i love any of the ranged ones um i've loved the bow um and i i I just gotta say, it, it drives me nuts. Everyone's like, the bow is really slow. Like, just go the special route. The special is really <laughs> quick. I don't understand. I've had so long where I exclusively use the special move, um, and uh, and it worked really well. Uh, but anyway, yeah, any of the ranged ones. I didn't like the gun until I upgraded the ammo. Um, the once once you max out the first aspect of the gun, and you have like twenty eight bullets before you have to reload. It's much 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 better. Um, but uh, yeah, and then the shield, I'll just use the special attack. I just finished, I just cleared the game with the shield yesterday and uh, just used the special attack pretty much exclusively there too. Um, and now I have to do melee and I don't know how to do melee at all. I really, really suck with all the melee weapons. So I've been trying to beat it with the sword and that's not going super well. <laughs> um, yeah, and then favorite god, I I don't know if I could even pick because I, I switch so frequently. It used to be Ares. Um, like, I loved Doom Damage so much, but there are several of the others that once you start stacking their upgrades, I've absolutely loved. I didn't like Dionysus at all when I first started, and now Dionysus is one of my favorites, so I I don't think I can pick. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> fair. It's, it's, it is hard. 
for me, the, my it's it's funny. It's funny that you said that, uh, Ben. That the uh, spear is your favorite because this is my least favorite weapon. Mm. And weirdly enough, this is the first weapon I reached the final boss with. So. <laughs> Thanks, Hades, uh, for letting me rethink my whole life. Um, <laughs> but my favorite is Straight Up Gun, um, the, the, the Adamant Rail, which I also find hilarious because this is a gun that was, uh, according to the game, wielded by uh, Hestia, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, which is which is absolutely fantastic that the, the goddess of just like home and warmth and family is just, yes, I will wield a gun. Uh, I just... <laughs> Yeah, also, also the Greek history, obviously. One hundred percent. I love. I, I get this upgrade that if I run into my special explosion, that that um, makes me uh, makes my normal attack stronger. And running into explosion is my thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that that works very well. Um, and for my favorite god, like um, story and design wise, it's Thanatos. Everyone knows that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and just Boon and gameplay wise, it it has to be Dionysus. Just, just hangover and the, the, the combination. So it's, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So again, for for people listening, like the, the gods themselves have very specific boons that are associated with them, and in some cases, it's very literal, right? Like Zeus is the god of thunder, and and when you attack with a with with your weapon, a bolt of lightning comes down. It's a a pretty simple. Uh, uh, connection there but then there's there's something like the dionysus who who's the god of what partying god of wine wh- whatever it is um but but his his role is that he does like poison damage essentially uh which is you know the parallel that you'll see in in other games and then similarly the ben if you it, what's that sorry <laughs> the hangover damage yeah <laughs> um that, that's what they call it right with its own little flair and then ben you, you were going to talk about demeter like has a, a, a an interesting interpretation yeah because uh uh, I'm going to call her Demeter because that's how I want to pronounce it. <laughs> it might be wrong. Who cares? Um, so she's the goddess of the harvest, but all of her, um, all of her theming and her boons are about cold damage and and winter and um, and just like the you know the creeping death of the cold and stuff. And it, 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 at first, it's it seems a little uh, counterintuitive, but if you um, looking at the myths, it's like you see um, Persephone is her daughter, and it, back in the myth, Persephone gets kidnapped um, and basically tricked into having to stay in the underworld. And there's a period of time where Demeter doesn't know where Persephone is, um, because like Hades and Zeus conspired to to kidnap her and keep her in the underworld. And um, trigger warning, by the way, if you look up the myth, just just so you know. Um, and, um, there's a point where Demeter is like, you know what, F this, um, until someone brings me my daughter, nothing is going to grow. And she's like, boom, winter all the time. Like, and that's how she eventually convinces the gods to help her, um, find Persephone because all the mortals are like, uh, you know, big famine, we can't grow food, what's going on? And so eventually the rest of the Pantheon is like, oh, fine, we'll help you. Like, so that, and so that's kind of like, the, I think it must be kind of the time period they're looking at because Persephone in, in the lore of the game has disappeared and nobody knows where she is. Um, and so I feel like that must be, we, we must be like in the midst of that happening where Demeter is like, nothing is going to grow until we find Persephone. Yeah, that was a... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I just want to say this is very interesting. And yeah, that's... <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, 
that was a that was another thing I learned from I think the no clip documentaries they were talking about it where you know she's the goddess of the harvest so it's like a like how do you turn that into a gameplay mechanic and show that visually and they they were talking about how they were trying to use like vines and these you know very natural elements as her representation and as her effects and something wasn't clicking until they're like ah wait a second she also decided to screw over the world and make everything cold and then there was their there was their <laughs> click right so I'm very interested in those backstories for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, I gotta say about a god that is just like a little bit removed from from the from the like the, the other boons uh, about chaos, which I oh, I have yes. a I think everyone has a kind of love hate relationship with chaos because that's what what their boons are like you have to work for them like first of all you have to lose your health to even enter the chaos domain, mm-hmm. and then it's like oh my god I will get this absolutely broken advantage but also for my next like four rounds I will cannot use my attack. Or, I love chaos. Like it's such a cool concept. Yes, also uh, non-binary legend. Yeah, no, no, no gender, no care. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. I, I love them so much. I, I love his dialogue or their dialogue where they're talking about like, I, unless I specifically ask you to talk, don't talk. Don't talk to me. Like, yes, I, like, yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I love all the Twitter memes about flirting with chaos. Yeah, <laughs> chaos is just fantastic. <laughs> And I think I remember because I think I chose the option where to be like, um, or didn't didn't no, there's no options or anything. I I remembered Zagreus saying something about like that's weird. I'm not going to do that. And Chaos is like, okay, fine, then do what you want. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Crimson, you mentioned earlier wanting to talk about a little bit more about the arts or the characters themselves. Yes, uh, because I just because I, I also work in gaming industry uh, as a as a graphic, and so I have a little bit of insight of how like things like design work, and and I'm absolutely enamored by a the way that uh, Hades design like level design because they are um, randomly generated levels, but until you actually know it, until you like look all the like know all the pieces of the puzzle, you don't really like notice it because sometimes when there are like other random generated levels in other games, you can kind of see, oh, this end of corridor kind of looks wonky. The algorithm didn't like do a good job, but in Hades, it's everything looks so purposeful, so meaningful, like it's so beautiful that it's just impeccable. And uh, the second thing is the character design, which I love. Uh, and like when you when you look at the when you look at the design, they all look very I'm not chaotic, but very like busy. There's like a lot of ornamentation, but every little thing has its purpose. Every little thing is either a call out to the mythology, like you, like Ben said, like every Olympian has like this little, um, a little olive branch. And uh, when you see Furies, like all the Fury sisters, they like, very clearly they have like the iteration of the same elements of their design, and it's it's very fun to see how they are different. But also they are very like more subtle things, like. Through Hades, you see this like crossed uh, ornament that is reminiscent of Hades's Hades's bird, bird, mm. his facial hair. Thank you. Uh, that this design like repeats over and over. And also, when you look at uh, Nyx and her uh, progeny, like they all have the same like jewelry like around the neck and like the the pauldrons. Like this, this repeats, and you can you can see it in the design. I'm I'm like this is something I am. I, I get very excited about because like they know what they're doing and they're designing with thought and with purpose and it's beautiful yeah those small details make they make a big difference like even for people who don't consciously notice a lot of those things like just having a lot to look at and just being like wow there's so much here it's it's great it's fantastic mm-hmm, definitely touching on like the i i 
I really like what you mentioned um, about the level, the, the randomly generated level design. Um, and I just, their approach to that, I think, is so smart because the kind of room, almost instance-based approach to it, where they can control everything about, um, or the, the aspects of, like, one little room, where it's, uh, and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that is randomly placed in the room, like props and um, where the enemies spawn and stuff like that. But the, you kind of, they create like this beautiful set piece. And then you just, um, you know, put the set pieces together in a random or, or order. Uh, and you have the randomly generated feel with none of the jankiness that a lot of other games that are randomly generated have. And I think that it's a super smart way to approach it. Yeah, like every artist who, who try to create something that will fit fits just everywhere, no matter where it's placed, will tell you that it's absolutely the biggest pain in the, the nether region. And <laughs> oh God, yeah, they, they did an amazing job on that. Mm -hmm. um, why don't we take a second? And I, I, I'm, I don't know if uh, I mentioned this. I don't know if I prepped you three on this, but I wanted to take a look at kind of the shortcomings of Hades or if there's any aspects of this game that aren't necessarily your favorite or could be worked on and, uh, you know... Because as much as we're praising the game, I think there's definitely some things that could that could be worked on. Uh, for me personally, as someone who's very mechanics-driven, and while I can definitely appreciate the presentation and everything, even if it was all crap, I'd, I'd still be playing this game because of how good it is. Um, I think in the mechanics, one of the issues I kind of foresee myself running into is that the enemies are a little bit repetitive. Um, where a lot of the the things that they give you, right, the boons and the weapons and all of this stuff are very unique, very variety. There's tons of variety there. Um, the the things that you're using those against are kind of samey once you've done it a lot. Um, the, there's three different floors, four different floors that are always the same, and the enemies in them are always the same, and the, and the strategies to fight them are always the same. And there's some variety with the bosses and things like that, but personally, like as I watch this game evolve and see new things added to it and stuff, really, what I really want to see is, is enemy variety. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else agrees with that, but... Mm -hmm. I, I agree, and also I think they added uh, new enemies already from from the late early access um so i i do hope there will be more and they will get more interesting but yeah i i agree they get a little bit samey hmm. i haven't felt that i don't know <laughs> maybe i haven't just maybe i just haven't played it enough um the shield guys annoy me so if they add variety <laughs> like hey you can't hurt a guy from this this direction then i'm not going to be happy about that but <laughs> i can say i bought it um quite a way quite a long time before release and so in the time since i bought it they've done a couple of pre-release updates and then the full release and they have added new enemies pretty frequently i think um new new boss encounters new enemies and stuff so that is something that they're working on but i think that uh, i do agree that and i think it speaks to one one criticism about the game that i probably my only one is that they have so many things in there, so many little mechanics and stuff that each one, I, I, sorry, when you put them together, it's, it turns into a really wonderful experience in general. But each little mechanic they add isn't particularly deep. So, for example, like the fishing mechanic, it's just a, it's a little mini game, but it's very, very bare bones. And put into context with the rest of Hades, it's like, ooh, an, another one more cool little fun thing to do. But in and of itself, it's not particularly deep. You just press a button and then you press another button. And 
so and i feel i feel that a lot of the ways uh, about a lot of god <laughs> <laughs> i feel that way about a lot of the little things in the game that i love that they're in there but each one can get a little each individual slice of the game can get a little repetitive yeah, I think it's greater than the sum of its parts, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you're absolutely right. There are absolutely aspects of it that are um, are shallow on their own, but I think they work towards a cohesive whole. Um, I think that's one of the things why I keep coming back and why I love it. Like, despite that criticism, like you said, they have hit whatever magic formula is that makes it greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. this is... So it's interesting that you're saying that because for me this is the the thing that keeps me coming back. That because you know all the other roguelike that's very very much about the the combat loop. You you go and when you lose you go and and then you go back again to 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 kill more things. And in Hades there's so many little mechanics and little things to do that when I lose it's just like okay now the fun fun another fun part starts. Mm -hmm. uh, I can I can fish. I can upgrade my room. I can give gifts to people. So uh, yeah I. I, I see where you're coming from, but for me, that's that's actually a, a good thing. That makes that sense. Is, yeah, just those little things. But the, the one... Would... Oh, go. go for it. <laughs> for me, one bad thing, and I really have to fish for it because I, nothing really bad like, jumps at me uh, immediately, but the game doesn't tell you about many things, which can mm. be good, but sometimes it's like leads to like confusion. Like where what do I do? How do I do? Like for example, when you try to like progress your relationships with, with certain certain characters, and in the little codex, it's like learn more by advancing your relationship with this and this. And it's like, how do I do that? Tell me. Or like where my partner unlocked the fishing minigame. And I was like, Well, how do you unlock it? Because fishing minigame is what makes what make games great. I need fishing minigame. Give. <laughs> and he was like, I have no idea. It just happened. It just happened. I don't know why and how. It's like I want my fishes. But now now I know I, I have the fishing. I can I can fish. I love I love one thing I about the fishing I love is like when like it's the all the ceremony around it when uh Poseidon gives it to you and it's called the rod of fishing like mm -hmm. is it some sort of epic item or whatever but it's no it's a fishing rod like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a stick with a string on the top of it Poseidon <laughs> but it's the rod yeah. of fishing <laughs> yeah. yeah and you are right it is like particularly shallow as a mechanic but I I agree with you Crimson I also love the fishing and I, I don't know why but I'm just obsessed with looking through every single room for fishing spots Listen, every game needs a fishing minigame, and I'm willing to die on that hill. Every <laughs> single game. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I don't necessarily see it as a shortcoming of Hades, but something I'd love to see them add is uh, like through a future DLC pack or something. And I think it would help Adrian with what you're talking about with enemy variety also is um, like branching levels, like actually going to different areas based on the things that you do. Uh, kind of like what Binding of Isaac does with the the way it has its special areas. You know, if you go through the first area fast enough, you get to a new new different place. Um, I think having things like that uh, for a as an end game content or, or DLC pack something will help significantly with that variety because you do just go through the same four areas over and over and over again. Um, and having some different areas to explore would be fantastic. And I'd be very surprised if they don't incorporate something like that on some level, like in a DLC pack, just with how popular this game has been. Yeah, and they do a lot of work with the mechanics, because like once you've once you've beaten the game once, you get that kind of pick your challenge thing 
um, where you have to choose in order to keep advancing, you have to choose to buff the enemies or uh, reduce the advantages you have somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so the, I think they, they've done a lot of just like inherent replayability with the mechanics and the gameplay. But I think you're right that for a game that la- lands the design so expertly, I think if it's going to continue to keep people engaged, they're going to have to think about um adding some more interest uh mm-hmm. beyond like the three regions you visit and um even just you know new areas like yeah i like that yeah. everyone's saying like, three regions because the Saturn labyrinth is a region but everyone just decides to like erase <laughs> it from memory we don't True. talk about it we don't think about it i don't want to it. <laughs> remove it no, don't remove it but you know, you know what oh, that, yeah. one's, that one's my favorite one do people <laughs> not like the seder the seder labyrinth thing <laughs> oh man <laughs> i i've literally never died at that place so i think i like it <laughs> you know, i've uh, i've died a few times in the seder labyrinth yeah <laughs> Um, so, okay, four. <laughs> let's uh, let's transition that then into kind of where we want to see the game go, because uh, that's definitely like something I was going to mention is that if they could throw in some some extra paths there, like Binding of Isaac has it, and they actually have a lot of branching paths. If you get to everything that you can see in that game, there's like six different ways you can go. But you, really, if you play the game a lot, there's only one way you're going to want to go with that, and that's the like that's what I really don't want to happen with this game but also because it's super giant i don't think it is going to happen you know they they as we've talked about in this show they they put so much purpose into absolutely everything that uh, you know i'm going to trust them if they decide to just throw a whole bunch more content our way um so looking at this at, at a little more of a, a macro scale and kind of at a super giant level what do you want to what do you want them to sorry what do you want to see them do uh with Hades over the next couple of months over the next couple of years does it seem like it's at a point where maybe they could say hey let's let's maybe throw a few more things in there but then we're done let's move on to the next game or is this something that they should stick around a little longer and if so uh what do you want to see go in there and I'll throw that open as a as an open question yeah, with that those branching paths I do specifically want it to be based on your actions I don't want it to just be like you pick at the beginning mm. to go on a different path yep. I really would like to see it be where you do things mid mid run that then adjust your path accordingly that makes sense I think that I feel like there's a tough that's a tough question because um you know, Supergiant's a, a smaller studio. Um, and so the, the question I ask is, for me, like, do I necessarily want them to continue supporting Hades to the detriment of, you know, other things that they that they might be able to, to produce? Because I feel like one of the strengths of the studio is they create a game and it's a very... Um, it's an exceptional experience, but then they they move on. They create another exceptional experience, and for all the faults of each, have, I say this as only having played one of their games. This is uh, the the gist I've gotten from other people who've played and reading reviews and that sort of thing. For all of the faults that any particular <clears throat> property they've produced has, um, it has an, enough strengths that people go and buy the next one. Um, and I'm just wondering, like as a studio, how tenable it would be for them to continue to produce the kind of exceptional content that Kate, that Hades is like um, to continue to do these kind of broad um, 
additions or whether it might be better for them to say, you know, it's to 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 rest on their laurels and uh, <laughs> uh, and you know start the next project. You know what I mean? Because I think that as as popular as Hades is, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they've um, any game, even even games that reduce uh, that produce DLC that you pay for, and I would I would be up for some paid DLC. I think that would be. Um, if they wanted to go that route, I think that would probably be the way I'd like to see it because, um, I mean, unless it just continues to sell and sell and sell and sell, I'm just not sure whether they'd be able to continue supporting it and also to continue to produce these, um, you know, uh, smaller scale, really good experiences that they've become known for. Seems like they could afford to hire some, some new people. They have like 20. <laughs> I, I just looked them up apparently in 2018. They had 20 people on their team. Oh my gosh. So I feel like after this, I mean, I feel like they should have been able to a long time ago, but I feel like after this, especially, I, they could I afford to make like a B team for DLC. I feel like they were able to do it after Transistor, even because it was, a, yeah. I remember it being a very popular game, but any game team above 30 people, uh, it's already exponentially harder to uh, govern, to like, that's keep true. together i i saw my company like grow from like 15 people to 40 and it's very hard so if they don't want to grow above like those 20 people i fully understand them and yeah that's that's actually a smart move yeah yeah and that's a that's an important point where even like a lot of people with Supergiant know the people who work at that company, which isn't necessarily typical for a game developer. You might know the creative director or something like that, but you know that Gen Z is the artist of this game. You know that Darren Korb is the is the composer, at least the people who are you know paying attention to that kind of thing. They, they put their employees front and center in a lot of these games and um, or, or for a lot of their games. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, you, you, Crimson, you, you work in a game studio, you know what that culture is like. I imagine that 20 people to 40 people, it's tough to, to you kind of just have to focus on one game and, and choose where you're mm -hmm. going to put it. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, they're doing it, they're doing it very smart. And I would be, you know, happy to my games being produced by smaller, well, um, like well put together, crunch free and just dedicated teams. I'm fine with it. Please do more games like that. Make more studios like that. Yeah. Uh, if they wind up doing that, if they oh. just skip off, they don't make any paid DLC, I'd be totally good with that. Uh, I've know, already got my money's worth out of the game. Like, yeah. the, you know, I'm spitballing an ideal world, but like, I've got more than my money's worth out, mm -hmm. of, out of Hades. So like, yeah. all power to at this point. But I think there is a potential for one nice paid DLC just to like round it up and, you know, give to the fans. And yeah, if they do that, that would be absolutely perfect. But I'm greedy. I want more of everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do more of everything, Supergiant. Give us more yeah. free updates, paid DLC, a new game, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> more Thanatos. <laughs> But you know, and and for me, like like Adrian said, I would I would love more um, more variety, branching paths, like maybe more stuff. But like in the heart of hearts, let me let me romance more people. 
Let me give more people my, my nectar. Let me talk to them, which is they already do that. They already added like new dialogue lines and like, and like just more because the characters are so personable. I just want more and more of them. Like my, my partner already said, like, what if there's like an, like an arc when on the end we fight Ares for some reason, like he's a god of war. He can just spare with us or whatever. Just like, just, just add a little arc for every character. And I would, well, they, they did that with uh, the boatman with Charon already. Yeah. You can try and steal his gold, which I, I think is great. What? Which I stumbled onto by accident and did not go well. I didn't <laughs> know you could do that. Yes, you can yeah, do that. He's, yeah. he's hard. I'm, Again, I'm, I don't know I how to that. unlock it. I don't know how that happens. I know it happens, and I guess it will. I gotta look into that. It'll should crop up. Yeah, mm -hmm. you'll they'll get an option. There'll be a little shiny bag of gold, and you'll go up to it, and it'll be like you want to borrow some gold and then the my favorite thing about it is after uh caron gave me the beating i deserved i got back to the house of the dead and everyone's like huh so uh you tried to steal from caron huh how'd that go for you <laughs> and they mock you relentlessly yeah it's great it's rightfully great. so rightfully yes. so Aaron is precious and like needs to be protected i mean he can protect himself as well exemplified here but yeah <laughs> let's uh I, let's... I think it only happens in the first area have you seen it anywhere else i've only seen it in in tartarus um... maybe maybe I, I remember my partner telling me about it that it happens later but i don't quote me on that Let's uh let's touch on one more thing before we we take it home here. I I do want to mention for for anybody who's listening and hasn't heard the game uh or hasn't seen the game. We we've talked about how this is a narrative driven roguelike experience and we've obviously gushed about how great they've handled that. It's also important to convey just how much dialogue is in this game because oh, yeah. pretty much any conceivable situation that you can get yourself into any character is going to talk about it in the game. You'll come across just some random person who you might see once every couple of runs, and they'll be like, oh man, you really died to like that weird monster thing, didn't you? And I'm like, how did you know about that? And uh, like every character has all these different possible things that you could talk about. And I'm fascinated every single time I talk to someone, I'm like, how did they even think to, to make this dialogue? And then the relationships between characters that are uh, very far apart start to develop, and you start to discover things about... Um, who they are to one another and who they are to you and the writing the, the writing is so strong at the consistency in how all the characters react to one another is just kind of blows me away um i think i was watching um jim sterling uh do his little impressions video and he was talking about how you'd be forgiven for thinking that um zagreus the main character is just like your classic like sort of sarcastic nihilistic hero um but then you realize he only acts that way when he's talking to his dad everyone to everyone else he's super respectful and deferential and it, it, the the consistent the emotional consistency of the characters is all really cool yeah i heard i heard the like the whole all the relationships and all the um like bonds in game being approached from very queer perspective which is to say like every character is very vulnerable like they show oh. and they talk about their emotions and they talk about their perspective on things and 
like the writers are not shy to like even it got down Achilles, which is like the the chad of all chads in in mythology, like the, the <laughs> greatest the greatest of warriors and whatever. And he's like this. You approach him, and he's this like soft, gentle like mentor to you. And this is like it warms my heart because and then you, you know start what, discovering things about his relationship with Patroclus. Yes, it's like oh my god, thank you for not censoring this part of mythology because goddamn, I had enough of that in school. Mm-hmm. But also, but also like when you when you think of uh, Greek mythology in games, you maybe think about like God of War, which is very stereotypically like brutal and and you know hands-on approach. There's like there's sex and blood and everything, and then you get to Hades, and it's very human and it's very like nice and not everyone's perfect like they have their bickering they have their like very deep conflicts like the whole nix and their their parental figure let's say like that it's like oh my and and like orpheus and eurydice and and achilles and patroclus and you can go on and on like they're all the characters have so much humanity in them and i love it like super giants you you make my heart happy orpheus and eurydice by the way possibly my favorite interpretations of any characters ever like just spot on i love them so much yeah ben, you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation how uh greek mythology has definitely been done in games before and it, and it has i mean crimson you mentioned god of war is a very very obvious like very big example of that but there's been tons and tons and tons of others but i don't think any of them have quite done it like hades has like what super giant has accomplished here where they stick to mythology but also subvert it in many many ways they never go with the obvious path everyone feels very relatable the dialogue is brilliant um like even though it's been done to death i think saying that reducing hades to oh it's another greek mythology game is just wildly inaccurate to this game yeah and i I love that point you brought up crimson about the vulnerability of all the characters that's yeah that's something very special about it Mm -hmm. i think folks that is a, a tremendous place to say hey, Hades is a tremendous game. You should go and purchase it. And uh, and certainly, uh, as we've mentioned, there, there's something there for everybody, right? Even if you're not a huge roguelike fan, then you're going to find something amazing that you love in the presentation and vice versa. Um, and uh, yeah, does anybody want to put like a, a button on on why sh- somebody should should purchase this game if, if uh, they're seeing it from an outside perspective? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Me, because this is a thing that I really wanted to talk about and didn't get to. Because okay, I, go ahead. I... Yeah, and and that's that ties nicely to the, to that one reason, okay. um, because I'm on social media in very like uh, game wise, but also very artistic community that are not maybe all like hardcore gamers like we are all here, and many of them picked up Hades because how beautiful it looks, but they stayed in it because Hades as a game rewards losing, mm-hmm. because when you lose the run, it's just the beginning of of doing something else, of exploring the world, of listening to characters. And even if you like lose misery, like die a stupid death to like stand in the lava for too long or uh, like <laughs> die to an enemy that you bested like 20, 20 times already. It's like, God damn it. Well, at least I get to listen to, to characters, of, uh, to a dialogue of, of characters mocking me restlessly about it. And that's gonna be fun. And, and I think that's beautiful. And that's a huge accomplishment of this game that even no uh, like game, like people that are not super good at the gameplay perspective can like throw a god mode or not, and just enjoy the game nonetheless. And yeah, there's that's never a pointless yeah. And accessibility yeah. is a huge point that we haven't even touched on. Like th- the work that they did in making the game accessible. Like um, Adrian, you were talking about the the fists, and they. I I remember reading a thread about how they were 
talking about how they wanted to make a really fast weapon, but one that didn't require a ton of button pushes to make the game more accessible for people. And that um... with the and the God mode and like I, the fact that they have baked a commitment to accessibility into the design as well is just like really really cool. Well, there it's you have it, folks. Game, but anybody can finish it. There Try. you go. Just keep going. You can do it. <laughs> My friends, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Uh, to anybody listening, go go and check out Hades. Uh, I'm going to send us home here just by saying, hey, let's let's uh, see where we can. If you're interested in following up with anybody who's who's chatted here today, uh, let's let's just do a little bit of self promo here. Uh, Kato, where can uh, people find more of you? Find me is on Twitter at vg underscore of the day, as in video game of the day. Uh, my show's on hiatus, but I'm hoping to come back relatively soon. So, uh, and then TGO podcast every week. Yay! Uh, ben? Uh, so you can find uh, my wife and I on Twitter uh, at Maple and Potato. I'm Maple, she's Potato. Uh, <laughs> we also have a YouTube channel by the same name. Um, we don't have our custom link yet because we only have like 80 subscribers, but we'll get there. What do you but, do on uh, your channel? Any more subscribers, people. <laughs> Sorry? What do you do on your channel? Uh, we we play mostly Stardew Valley together. I play some Hades and talk about mythology. Uh, she plays The Sims, um, and we also film gardening content sometimes because why not? There you go. <laughs> and you can also find me in Adrian's Discord server. And Crimson. Yeah, if you just want to see my art, uh, you can find me on most social media by at Crimson Tentacles. But if you want to chat and just like exchange some opinions about video games, it's on Twitter at Crimson Tentacle, singular because Twitter has a limit. So that's one difference. But yeah, that's there. You have it. Thank you very much for joining me, the three of you. This was a, a tremendous, a tremendous talk. And uh, to the person listening, thank you for listening. Uh, I, that's going to be all for today. And until next time, folks. Happy gaming, everyone.